Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. Here back after a little hiatus, somewhat delayed this week as well. Um, I'll get to that momentarily, but absolutely super stoked to be here once again. Feels like it's been an eternity since the last episode. Coming back with a little uh, little fun two-part series, which I'm looking forward to getting into very, very shortly. Before we do so, though, a big shout-out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover, both those networks continuing to do wonderful things for myself here and the work that's been done at the Daily Dribble. So very, very supportive. Very supportive. There you go. There's a little ring rust. Very supportive of all their continued hard work of what we're doing here at the Daily Dribble. As I mentioned, a little hiatus and even this episode being slightly delayed there, that's somewhat to uh, to still nursing a bit of a hangover, to be fair. Um, had a tremendous weekend going up the East Coast to Tassie there to celebrate one of my best mates, Sam, and his partner, Zoe, their wedding. Um, phenomenal day, phenomenal location, and was just wonderful. You know, I've been mates with Sam Sam Loudon um, since, what, well, probably four, four or five years old. Um, so it was terrific just to see him officially tie the knot. Um, myself didn't fare too well, went to bed well, 4 a.m. that morning, so it was somewhat dusty um, on the Saturday into the Sunday. So hence this episode being recorded on the Monday night. But nevertheless, the show goes on. Um, that's a ticker. That's a ticker right there. Let's get into it, guys. As I said, this is going to be a two-week series. Episode one today is tackling the Eastern Conference in which I'm going to use a bit of word association. So I'm going to use one word to describe each 15, uh, every team in the Eastern Conference, should I say, all 15 teams, just based on their season thus far. It'll make sense pretty quickly as we get into it. So as I said, tackling the East today and next week, I'll do the West. As like everything, love engaging with you guys on the show, whether it's through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, let me know what you think of my word choices, where, what I got right, what I got wrong. would love to hear your suggestions out there. So let's uh, keep the conversation coming. Loving chatting ball with you guys at the moment. Okay, as I do so commonly, I'm going to go through alphabetically, starting with the Atlanta Hawks. Now, the word that I've used to describe them is ice. Continuing on, everything continues to run through ice Trey young in Atlanta. 26 and a half points, three rebounds, 10 and a half assists. He's certainly been getting, as the season's progressed, um, started somewhat slow, building into things nicely at the moment. Ice also applies to how their two stars, both DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, sometimes shoot the ball. Now, if both are misfiring, if both are throwing up bricks, which we've seen a little bit more than we would like to this season, rarely do they win. They need to make sure that at least one of these two guys is firing to give themselves a chance in what's becoming an even greater Eastern Conference at the moment. So at the minute, there is, if I was a Hawks fan, I wouldn't be concerned, but I wouldn't be that cheerful about my playoff prospects at the moment. I think they're probably in that, I don't even know if you'd say second tier, probably that third tier within the Eastern Conference at the moment. As I said, Trey's been phenomenal. Murray hit and miss. They just need contributions from all their guys, Capella, Bay, Bogdanovich, Tyler Johnson. Um, They've got to be more well-rounded because at the moment, as I said, everything's going through Trey, which is great, but we have known him to have stinkers as well. And if that's to continue, I I don't see them making it out of the first round at best in the East at the moment. 
So ice can be taken one of two ways, very positively or very negatively there in Atlanta. Pushing ahead to Boston, the word I've given them is cruising. They just seem like they're pretty well in first gear at the moment, absolutely coasting through the Eastern Conference at the moment with a 15-4 and record, currently on a three-game win streak. And they don't look like they're doing it too difficult at the moment either. I think the additions of Drew Holiday and Kristaps Porzingis in particular have been phenomenal, probably two of the better bits of business in the offseason, which is to a team that has looked so formidable over the last couple of seasons. They're just going from strength to strength. And to be honest, I think a lot of people would probably have them as their NBA champion at the moment, and rightly so. Looking very, very comfortable out there in the East. Tatum still looks like an MVP candidate. Jalen Brown has settling somewhat, shown a little more inconsistency this season. But when you've got what they've done with those additions, Holiday, Porzingis, They've given themselves a couple of outs if Brown, or even Tatum for that matter, is misfiring. They've got alternate ball handlers. They've got alternate scorers. Really, really in good shape at the moment. So cruising are Boston. The Brooklyn Nets. Now, the word I've given them is middling. They currently sit ninth in the East with a 10-9 and record. They seem to be a little bit hot and cold, which is understandable given their roster, given their depth. Great to see Cam Thomas come back the other day. Um, Middling isn't too bad a thing at the moment in their trajectory as a team. Got to remember the, I guess, the complete shift they've had. They were a team laden with stars a couple of seasons ago. James Harden, Kyrie, KD. They've undergone a drastic change. Back to their grit and grind, almost um, underdog status with Spencer Dinwiddie, Bridges coming in now. Young guns like Cam Thomas, I can't help but like them. Uh, I don't think they're going to cause too many headaches in the postseason should they make it. But I think they're poised for possibly over the next couple of seasons to to turn some heads. Cam Johnson, as I said, Mikael Bridges, there's players there, there's talent there. There's no super, super, superstar talent as of yet, but there's pieces that you could see that could be Arguably not so much of a star-laden team, but just a really well-rounded, balanced team. And Ben Simmons could be the key piece for that. If he can come back fit and healthy, which is a very big what-if, and based on track record, you wouldn't put a lot of eggs in that basket. But with the defensive presence he brings, his rebounding and playmaking ability, alongside scorers like Thomas Bridges-Johnson, there's the makings of a, a, a sneaky dark horse there. Um, But I've got middling at the moment for the Brooklyn Nets. The Charlotte Hornets, I've given the word Lamelo. He is the guy having a fantastic season, has really taken his game to the next level, really pretty much doing everything out there in Charlotte at the moment. This team's essentially going to go as far as Lamelo takes them. At the moment, they sit 12th with a 6-12 record, eight and a half games back there in the East. (sighs) It's hard to say a world in which this iteration of the team makes the playoffs, even makes the play-in for that matter. Lamelo needs some running mates at the minute. Rozier, Haywood, PJ Washington coming back there. It's not quite good enough. And I've spoken about it quite a bit since the start of the season. The East is only getting better. And for as good as Lamelo's been, he needs running mates. 
Um, as I said, I, I've given the word Lamelo just for the pure fact that they will go as far as he takes them. I think he could be one of the, and he already is one of the premier guards within the league. He just needs to rob them with him. At the minute, that's not a clear defined role, um, but they've got their star. So that's who they need to continue to build around. Uh, but he's certainly looking the part at the moment. Moving ahead, Chicago. A word that I've probably not used this exact term, uh, this exact word, should I say, but it's been a pretty constant focus now for the last couple of months. The word for the Chicago Bulls is detonation. Now, it's time to, it's time to blow things up in Chicago. They sit 13th in the East with a 7-14 record. Despite they've won two games off the back, so they were they were five and fourteen. Currently seven and fourteen, they're just going nowhere. All the talk's been around Zach Levine moving on. Uh, should he fall to Rosen? Will too. Even without that, there's a little bit of talk that DeRozan could be the piece that a lot of teams want, as opposed to to Levine. There. Now, it's time. It's time. This team, with their current construction, they're never going to be better than first round fodder. At best. Um, and even if you look at the teams in the East at the moment, that's a stretch. So detonation, it, it's got to happen. It probably should have happened last season. But this season, it is a must. It's a must. Um, I don't think there's anything good. I don't think anything good's going to come from hanging on with, with hope that this team could take them somewhere. Um, I would love to hear from any Bulls fans out there. I know, Caleb, how you feel, my friend. Any other Bulls fans out there, what do you think they should do? Do they persevere? Do they push on with false hope that this team's going to make something of themselves? Or do you just kind of chip it in and say, I was about to say, say we had a good run. They have not done that. But just uh, cut their losses and, and start afresh. Would love to hear. Moving ahead to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I've used the word sneaky. Now, they sit eighth at the moment with an 11-9 record. Four and a half games back. I feel they're a sneaky good team that people probably aren't taking quite as much notice of at the moment. Um, possibly because teams like the Pacers, teams like the Magic, they're the kind of teams that have, I guess, surprised people thus far, turning heads more so. The Cavs are just quietly going about their business, kind of sitting on the periphery there of a play, a guaranteed playoff spot. But they've got talent. They've got talent on both ends of the floor, namely on the offensive end, looking at Donovan Mitchell, accompanied by an elite ball handler in Darius Garland. On the defensive end with Mobley, with Allen. Uh, they're very, very well constructed. Adding the three-point shooting of Max Struess there certainly helps as well. They haven't set the world on fire, that's for sure at the moment. But that's okay. I think if they can just kind of hang around with where they're at at the moment, they could make some noise. We've seen what Mitchell can do in the playoffs. If they should make it, they're certainly not a team I would want to face. So the word for Cleveland is sneaky. Okay, the Detroit Pistons. Now, I've probably been pretty generous here, to be fair. I've given them the word weird. Now, they currently sit 15th, bottom of the Eastern Conference, with a 2-18 and record. They're currently riding... A 17-game losing streak. Um, hard to believe at one point they were sitting 2-1 and one on the season with a positive record. They've lost 17 on the trot. Um, 
to be fair, actually looking at this, I think weird is very generous. Now, like they're two and two and eighteen. Uh, I think they're a team that they're extremely young. Obviously, there's going to be growth. There's going to be learning. There's going to be development. Despite the wins not coming, given that youth, they certainly they need experience on the court. They need experience in the locker room, but they need it on the court. They've certainly lacked having Bogdanovich in their ranks. He's just made his return in the last couple of days, which certainly helps. They need a leader. Now, Cade is their number one guy, but he's still so young in his own right. When you've got guys like Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, you know, even Isaiah Stewart for that matter, all these young blokes accompany him. Who's going to be the guy to step up and just settle the ship? That's where Bogdanovich comes in. Uh, they've got a pretty ordinary point differential at you know, negative nine, but they have been somewhat a difficult matchup for some teams this season, despite losing 17 on the bounce. Um, I don't think they're probably as bad as their record suggests. They just need to find a little bit more intensity, a bit more leadership, a bit more experience, and a little more just composure. That's probably been their big thing that's been lacking composure. Uh, so they're a weird team, probably one of the better two and set, two and 18 teams, should I say, one of the better two and 18 teams that I've seen in recent times. There you go. Pushing ahead to the next team, the Indiana Pacers. I've given, now, I'm going to classify this as one word. Don't let the truth ruin a good story. I've given them box office. They have the league's best offense at 127.6 points per game, which is just absolutely ludicrous. It is, they are a must-watch team in my eyes, in big part to the man I've spoken about pretty extensively over the last probably six to 12 months in particular, Tyrese Halliburton. Keep using the word stud. He's one of the league's best players as it is, and he's only going to continue to get better. This team as a whole, I can't wait to see their continued growth. They're certainly poised for the next big five to 10 years. Currently sitting sixth in the East with a 10 and eight record. They just look the business. They look the business at the moment. Um, Their defense is pretty sketchy, giving up 125.9 points per game. Yeah, okay. Um, but play to your strengths. And for them, that is scoring points. Miles Turner has had a huge career resurgence this year, and they're just really fun to watch. You can't help but root for a team that's fun to watch, and that they certainly are. So the Indiana Pacers, for me, are box office. Miami Heat. One word, and you could probably guess it if you really tried. I've got the word culture. Heat culture is alive and well, as it has been the last however many years. They currently sit seventh with an 11-9 and record. They just continue to be steady. They continue to win. They continue to be a thorn in the side for most teams across the league. Again, they're never going to top the Eastern Conference given their current roster construction. Injuries have befallen them pretty heavy over the last, probably, well, probably since the season start, to be fair. Uh, but they just grind out wins. They just continue to make a pest of themselves. And again, you know, we saw what they did last season with their incredible run from the plane through to the NBA finals. They're just a team you never count out. So I've gone culture, which, as I said, you probably could have guessed if you really, really tried. I want to go to the Milwaukee Bucks next, currently sitting third with a 14-6 and six record. They've really steadied with eight and 
with an eight and two record across their last 10 games. Therefore I've given the word adjusting. Now they had a few early season troubles just as they looked to integrate Damian Lillard, Middleton coming back, kind of that dynamic Giannis, you know, seen a bit of a change in role with a lead ball handler, lead scorer in Dame coming in into the fray. But they've steadied really, really well. They've steadied well. And as I've said, they have such a luxury of being able to have two top 10 guys within the league on their squad who can play. If they stagger the minutes well enough, they can pretty much have one of them on across 48 minutes throughout the game, which is something not many teams can say. I don't think, well, no team can say they have two top 10 players. If you're really depending on your list, AD and LeBron at a stretch. Um, but Lillard and Giannis are just bona fide superstars. As I said, have adjusted really, really well. They're going to be scary. They're going to be a real, real problem come playoffs. Um, and they're looking uh, looking in good shape after some pretty rocky waters to start. Again, what do you read into it? Across the first 10, 15 games of any season, how much do you read into it? Not a great deal. Um, and that's why you don't jump the gun too early or ever discount a team. Unless, of course, it's the Detroit Pistons. We can count them out pretty pretty well. Going on next to New York. I've given the word again. I've gone another player. I've gone Jalen, I've gone Brunson. Jalen Brunson is not single-handedly, but from, for the most part, keeping the Knicks afloat. He has essentially off his own back. He's got them to a 12-7 and record. Currently fifth in the Eastern Conference, have won three on the bounce, seven and three in their last ten. He's been phenomenal. And if you look at probably some of the I guess some of the better contracts within the league, he is on one. What he's getting paid for what he's delivering at the moment is just there is a big, big discrepancy there. Especially when you look at what players like Fred Van Vliet are getting. Fred's absolutely cashing in. Whereas Brunson's getting well and truly underpaid, you'd say. Now, Julius Randle, again, spoken about his troubles to start the season, finding a little bit more consistency now. Uh, likewise, RJ Barrett, I think, has been super, super solid. They still seem to me another piece or two away from being a genuine threat within the East. But I tell you what, again, not a team I would want to face. Okay, let's push ahead on, push ahead to the Orlando Magic. Now, the word that I've used to describe the Orlando Magic is energy. They have been absolutely phenomenal to start the season, currently sitting second in the Eastern Conference with a 14-6 and record. Now, if you told me that after 20 games, the Magic could be 14-6, and if you told anyone that, they would, I think, laugh at you. If you thought that was going to happen, you're obviously lying. Nobody gave the Magic a sniff to, to be in the position they are at the minute. And as I said, it all comes back to energy in particular with their second unit. What Joe Ingles, Gary Harris, Cole Anthony, Jonathan Isaac are doing when they come on the court together is second to none. In terms of bench production, it is not much. it doesn't get much better than that at the moment. There are huge reasons as to why they're getting wins on the board. These guys are able to come in and not only keep what the starting unit are doing on track, but are sometimes better in it. The ability of what they've got there with Ingles and the shooting, Gary Harris being able to score the ball, Cole Anthony being able to play, make and handle the rock, and then Jonathan Isaac defensively. Such a well, well-rounded second unit, and it's such an asset to them. I don't know if this will continue. 14 and 6, incredible. 
Um, but I'm loving what they're doing at the moment. Their win streak finally came to a halt with a hand, with a loss to the hands of Brooklyn the other day. Um, but they're 9-1 in their last 10. It is wicked to see. It's great to see Orlando relevant once again. Whether it'll continue or not is a completely different story, but at the moment, just got to enjoy it. Loving, loving what I'm seeing there from Orlando. And energy, I don't want to take away from what the starting unit are doing either. Jalen Suggs, for his, all the foul trouble that we see with him, that guy's pure, unbridled energy. Paolo Benchero has taken a huge leap in his second year, as many expected he would. I'm, I'm just super high on this team. Uh, again, will it continue? Will it won't? Who knows? But very, very keen to see how it develops over the next couple of weeks, that's for sure. I'll go to Philadelphia. Now, I'm going to go the word commendable. They sit fourth at the moment in the East with a 12-7 and seven record. They just kind of, uh, they just keep on keeping on. They keep doing their thing, wins on the board. As I've said about in regards to a couple of players like Lamelo out in Charlotte, this team will go as far as Embiid takes them. The reigning MVP has been dominant once again to start the season. But I'm not going to buy into it. I'm not buying into this team until there's some playoff success. They've continued to make me look like a fool. They've extracted quite a bit of urine out of me. Um, for anyone who's not catching on, that means taking the piss. So I don't want to put too much stock into them as of yet. That being said, I think they're headed in a great direction. Can't wait to see Kelly Oubre come back hopefully soon to set that extra scoring punch. Maxi's taken his game to a whole new stratosphere. Spoke about Tobias Harris a couple of weeks ago and his improved performances as of late. So, you know, let's see how we go. I don't want to put hope in it. They'll just keep doing their thing. But will they turn up when it matters most? Okay, we've got two teams to go here. I'm going to go with the Toronto Raptors up next, currently 11th in the East with a 9-11 and 11 record. <sighs> really struggled to put my finger on a word for them, but the word I've given is direction. Now, what is their direction? Okay. They're, they're still a good team. They're a good team. They're too good to bottom out, it would seem, but not good enough to contend. I'm still a firm believer that they've probably missed the boat a little bit in regards to what they could have got by trading in some of these players like a Siakam, like an OG and a Nobi. Um, there was there was moves to be made and they decided not to pull the trigger. And I think it's probably going to come back to bite them in the ass. They've, again, they're just, again, probably like, I'm tr- who, was, who was the word I used it for? It was uh, it was Brooklyn. I used the word middling. Toronto are probably a better example of that. They're a team that continues to hover in that mediocre level, not really causing too many headaches. As I said, too good to bottom out, not good enough to contend. I would like to see them go one way or the other. I think you could certainly look to offload a Siakam, probably try and get a little bit younger, I suppose. Siakam's not that old in his own right cash in on what would be a pretty lucrative piece for a lot of franchises. Continue to build Scotty around Scotty Barnes. Um, but they just need a little bit of direction because at the moment it's very unclear where they're headed over the next couple of seasons. 
Last and certainly not not least, the Washington Wizards. Now, the word I've given to the Washington Wizards is irrelevant. They currently sit 14th with a 3-16 and 16 record. Uh, they're 1-9 in their last 10. And they are that's really what they are. They're irrelevant. They've got some talented players looking, namely at even Tyce Jones, Jordan Poole, Kyle Kuzma. But there's no real star factor about them. Certainly not helped by the part, by the fact that they're not getting wins on the board. But there's just nothing exciting about them. They're very inconsistent, as are their players. Like the highs at which we sometimes see Kuzma and Poole, who's been known to have flamethrower scorching performances. But also, both players have been known to bottom out in games very, very quickly. It just kind of feels like where they're at at the moment. They're just irrelevant. Even... You know, as I spoke about Detroit, there's a little bit more to like. At least you're excited to see Cade Cunningham play. Um, you know, they've got some really exciting young players. I don't, in my eyes, the Wizards don't. Um, so irrelevant at the moment. I don't know what they do going forward. I don't know who you who you got who you guys. From all reports, as of late, they're already not sold on Jordan Poole and don't think he's foundational foundational material. So I think from all reports, I'd be pretty happy to offload him already. Uh, that's 20 games in. So they're certainly not mucking around there. But for me, they are irrelevant at the moment, are the Washington Wizards. Guys, there you have it. Their recaps, all 15 teams within the Eastern Conference using just one word to describe them all. As I said, this is a two-part series. So next week, I'll be tackling the Western Conference. Certainly looking forward to doing that. As I said at the top of the show, I would love to hear from you all what you thought of these word choices, what I got right, what I got wrong, um, which I'm sure there'll be probably a bit of weight to both. Um, but would love to talk more with you guys once again. Had some fantastic conversations with a lot of you throughout the week, so be sure to keep it coming. This is why I do it. I'm a basketball fan. I love talking ball, so be sure to hit me up, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Just search Daily Dribble and you'll be pretty. it'll be pretty easy to find me. As always, guys, continue to subscribe wherever you listen to the show, whether that's watching on YouTube or listening via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other leading podcast providers. Uh, it certainly means the world to me. Guys, till next week with part two of the Western Conference. Have a fantastic week. Enjoy the week of basketball. It's sure to be a massive one both on and off the court. I can't wait to speak to you again soon. Take care.